everyone, and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host for the week, Croft and Steers. Um, as you may recall, last week Ryan hosted, and uh, I went over to his house. He treated me really nice, regaled me with a story about bylaw officers and his pool, which he loves to talk about, even though he doesn't have it anymore. Well, this time it's my turn to host, and uh, so you know, Ryan's Ryan's coming over to Crofton's podcast. Dungeons to Diapers featuring Ryan Murphy. Uh, and uh, so without further ado, I will introduce him. Welcome, Ryan. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me in this fine establishment. Um, is this a, a shoes on, shoes off house? How does this work? I, I always need that. No, I, no shoes, sure. no shirt, no service, my friend. Right. Okay. So I, I will put my shoes back on, I guess. Now, Ryan, one thing I've noticed about the our podcast episodes is, and and we we know that we work jobs, and then we take care of our loving families and children, and then we, you know, put our big boy pants on, sit down, and do a podcast. Often very tired, um, and we start high energy. Obviously, you want to catch the listener's attention and so forth, uh, and then. Over the course of an hour plus and a half, we start to, you know, uh, fade. So I would just point out that I am feeling, despite my joviality, quite fatigued tonight. I hope uh, I hope that I can, you know, dig deep. I'm drinking a Pepsi. Hopefully that'll help. But uh, yeah, anyway, just full disclosure. Yeah, well, that's fine. Here, here's the thing. Um, I'm also tired and tired has been a, a thing that's been happening a lot lately and and i i i hesitated to put in the notes like you know like oh i'm gonna buy into crofton's deep pan terming and be like oh feeling the deep pan and and i <laughs> I, I i really i really am like i was thinking the other day i was just like I cannot wait until this is over and i follow a lot of i have a lot of american friends on twitter and they're all like hey i'm I got my vaccine scheduled for next week and I'll be fully vaccinated by the end of April. And we here in Canada um, don't have that option, at least right now, especially us at our age level, I suppose I should say. And I just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. We, we took this pandemic so seriously and now we just, we still have to wait a little bit longer and we will and we'll be fine for it. But it's just, uh, I cannot wait till, till this is over. <laughs> no, I know we are. We're in the we're we're in that weird point at the end, or, or like the the endish of it. And it is funny how the tables have turned with the United States, where you know you know we didn't have the same level of deaths in, in in particular, but now they have the you know the vaccine rolling out, and and we do as well. My mom just got her uh, shot. My my uh, wife's dad got got a shot as well. Um, and so, you know, like the, the most vulnerable are, are getting it. But mm -hmm. we here in Ottawa, where I am, we had a, not a record number of new COVID cases, but like there's a new, there's a new strain of some sort. And, and we got like, you know, a lot like of COVID cases today. And I mean, we can't let it, you know, all the health services are like, don't let your guard down. This is it. I know, I know you all want to be, it's spring and you all want to stop and we get it, but you got to be good. And, and, um, and yeah, no, it is tough. I just think of an alternate universe, like at least uh, what I keep hanging my hat on is at least we have these vaccines coming. Whereas 
there is an alternate universe where like the vaccines, nobody would have cracked it and there wouldn't have been a vaccine announced yet. You know, like, like hmm. that, that, that we would still be, we would be in like, well, you got to stay isolated while, while we try to figure out the vaccine. And like, I wonder, because like, I don't know how I'd be doing if that was the case at this point with no light at the end of the tunnel in sight. I don't know. I would be like, I, I'd probably, I probably as much as I get down on other people for compromising um, and being like, there's people out on patios with their friends and, and I've been to a, looked in a couple of restaurants and I see, you know, people that are clearly disregarding at this point, they're like, well, whatever. And I'm very judgy, obviously, but I, I think that if there was no light at the end of the tunnel, I maybe I would not be as as judgy. But I'm just like, come on, guys, just hold on a little bit longer. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I totally understand that. Uh, my my way's the same. A lot of people are the same. Like they're really feeling feeling it right now. Maybe March sucks. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, lousy March weather. It's uh, although March weather right now, I mean, it's basically pretending to be April, but. It's just I, I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not trying to to get down. I think it's great that um, the vaccines are here and uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel, as you said. And I think this time next year we'll be like, man, remember that pandemic? Let's not do that again. <laughs> and and I and I think we'll like be in a more normal place then. Uh, and I I just. I think the warmer weather is really helping because, uh, and we'll talk about it in the diaper section because no one's playing video games outside. Uh, it is just so nice. Like I, today I went for, uh, I thought was a walk, uh, with my kids, but turned into them just running and not stopping. And, and uh, until I said, please stop, we're coming up at a crosswalk, please stop. They just run. And I'm like, where are you getting this energy? two weeks ago i could barely get them to go for a walk around the block now it's like let's go for a three kilometer run and i think the the kids are just so stoked to get outside and i think this winter has been um longer than most which shouldn't surprise anybody but but also shorter because like normally at this time we would still be like it is like you say april early um Mm -hmm. you know so it is kind of it's long and short I know it's weird. It's everything's really weird right now. And I think the more I try to try to figure it out in my head, the <laughs> the worse my head is like, you should stop this right now and uh, and move into the dungeons. Because um, you are in my home and uh, my virtual home here and uh, I, you hosted me with your uh, story of bylaw uh, officers and craziness last week. I will make you comfortable by telling you a short tale. Mm. Um, so. I have uh, made a list of things that I need to get done, and it's depressingly long. Um, and this is like outside of work stuff. One thing that's happened to me uh, in the past couple of years is I had my bike stolen, not once, but twice. Um, and uh, very frustrating from the same place in front of my work at the time. And no, I don't seem to learn lessons. Uh, the first bike was a really good bike, but I had used it a lot but it was a it was a good bike and i was sad to lose it the second one was kind of a beater backup bike that i had i'd had for a while uh so i was less concerned about it being ripped off but now i have no bikes uh and last year and we were home for covid and all that i had no bike all season i wasn't commuting into work on bike because i was in my basement so I didn't really worry about it. So I went bikeless last summer. Uh, girls were on their scooter, but I kind of felt it. Like I was like, oh, you know, 
wasn't in great shape. And the bike allows you to zip around the area in town quite well. And I was like, oh, man, I really need a bike this year. So I looked into it. But I'm not sure if you have been paying attention to the news, but all of Canada is looking for a bike right now. Yeah. Um, it is like crazy. There's these articles in the news about how, how you know, bikes some bikes are on back order for years like and and uh, if you play if you're lucky enough to even get a pre-order you're likely going to get the bike in uh in august or something like crazy you know it's just the wild west for bikes like if you own a bike store even actually you know i i say like it'd be great for people owning a bike store but the problem is it's not they don't have the supply to meet the demand because because of covid restrictions and factories and different things there's much less supply Anyway, there's not many bikes. Uh, and so I did not expect to ever be able to get a bike. Um, now, we have a Canadian uh, chain here called Mountain Equipment Co-op. And there's one uh, near my house. And I went into it uh, this week. And there, they, normally you go in, there's tons of bikes everywhere. Here, there's there was essentially no bikes except the novelty specialty bikes. I'm talking about, you know, the ones with the giant tires uh or the electric bikes or like they have these ones with giant baskets for eight children that cost like five thousand dollars or something wait baskets for kids yeah it's like it's like a big wooden bat it's like a huge bike with a with a big wooden basket on the front where you can stick like two or three kids and they have seat belts in them it's hard to explain but bottom line is it's super expensive <sighs> they're like they're like boutique bikes if you will okay um, and so they are on the floor. So if I wanted to blow a ton of cash on a boutique bike that I would perhaps use, but not like situationally, I don't not know. Not for commuting, that, but for no, playing with the kids. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or like going to going to the grocery store and getting getting stuff. Like I was entertaining the idea if it wasn't so expensive. I was entertaining. I'm like, well, I could get this bike. It's here. You know, they had no other real bikes except – the boutique bikes and the super expensive like racer bikes, you know, uh, for, for the hardcores that are willing to drop a ton of cash. Like they had some of those, but like, I wanted just like a commence commuter bike. So I go and I talk to the lady and, and she's like, well, what type of bike are you looking for? And I'm like, well, and I explain, and there's a brand, there's a bike at mountain equipment co-op called the hold steady bike, which is pretty hilarious. Cause that is exactly like if somebody's like, Hey, well, what sort of bike do you need? And I'm like, well, I just need kind of like a steady normal bike. They're like, would you like the hold steady? I'm like, that sounds good. Uh, and, uh, and she's, she's like, okay, well that's great. This is what it looks like. She show, pulls it up on the computer. I'm like, wow. Okay. That looks pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I would like to pre-order it or buy it and stuff like she's like, oh, you'll never be able to buy it. Actually, I think it's out of stock forever now. Oh, that was and so like, nice of her to lead with that. <laughs> I'm like, why did you not lead with that part? Like, tell me that it's not available. She's like, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be discontinued. Like, I mean, I could check to see if there's any, but likely not. So I'm like, well, what what else is there? She's like, well, there's really nothing else. And I'm like, well, okay, this has been a giant waste of time. So she's like, well, let me pull it up. She pulls it up and like there is one left in all of Canada and it's in Vancouver. Now, I know to a lot of listeners, Canada is one place, but Vancouver is actually very far from where I am in Ottawa. And uh, I'm like, and that's assuming it exists at all because it's one, the number one in the system. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, ah, so is that a real bike? 
And she's like, well, it might be, or it might just be an error. And honestly, it's probably gone by now. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. She's like, you know what I would do if I were you? I would call Vancouver and ask them nicely to ship it here. (laughs) It's like, okay, sure, lady, I'll do that. But I got home and I was talking to my wife about it. And she said, well, why don't you do that? And I said, well, you know, like it's probably not even real. And in the 20 minutes that I've walked home, it's probably not even there. So I called the number and it ends up being like this headquarters for Mountain Equipment Co-op. And I get this nice guy, Jonathan, who's like, hey, how can I help you? And I'm I'm like, uh, I explained about how I was in the store and I saw the number one Uber and like, he's like, okay, let me check one second. And then he, he, he puts me, puts me on a hold, comes back. He's like, oh yeah, it's your lucky day. There is one. And I'm like, okay, great. But like, just to be clear, I'm not in Vancouver. Can you ship it to me in Ottawa? And he's like, okay, here, let me check one second. And then he, he did. Is this what he sound like? I'm just curious. Is this he disappears. Yeah, it's pretty uncanny Jonathan okay. impersonation. Then, then he comes back and he's like, he's he, he's like, yeah, yeah, um, we can we can send it to you. Where are you in Ottawa? And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm in Ottawa. Are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Here, we'll send it out. You got the last one in Canada. I was like, no kidding. And uh, then I played. Uh, I while Jonathan was away. On the off chance that I got it, I loaded up Cool in the Gang's Celebrate Good Times. Come on. Uh, it's a celebration on the uh, on my YouTube, on my phone. And so I played it for Jonathan when he announced uh, to me that uh, I, in fact, was going to get the bike. So I made the payment. And uh, my wife was like, you know, there's still like until it's here, it could – you know, I'm not not sure that it's real, but I just got a pure later tracking number. So I think, Ryan, that somehow I managed to purchase a bike in this crazy bike economy. I think it's going to be sweet. I'm going to get it. It's going to work fine. There'll be no issues with it. I'll love it. And this will be a happy story and that will, you know, be part of a swath of happy news that is coming to us all in the days ahead. Well, I mean... We can safely assume that with your luck with that bike, that you're not going to be able to buy a PS5 for the year. Uh, you've you've basically exhausted all your pre-order luck. Um, yeah, no, I mean that's that's it. That could be it. But at the same time, like, yeah, well, you know what? Bikes are probably easier to find than PS5s. PS5s are. I saw this this tweet today. The guy who tweets about PS5s and he was tweeting about an accessory for it, yeah. like just a charging cradle. And, and there's like 200 of them and they were like sold out within two minutes. I'm like, this is a charging cradle. Who yeah. gives a shit? But Those are uh, the people who own, I get, I, I, in my mind, if you're buying a charging cable, I, I would imagine you're the kind of person who has two of those controllers. Like, cause it's pretty easy to plug in a, a one controller at a time, but I can understand if you're swapping back and forth and you want to charge them both at the same time. But yeah, it's pretty crazy right now with uh, with sort of pandemic related stuff and bikes. Um, someone was saying trampolines are starting to uh, go pretty quick, especially in the more rural areas where there's more space for those such things. Um, yeah, it's it is just it is just what it is. And uh, bikes, I think bikes were one of the first to go uh, last year as well as as the win- as the winter winter weather faded um so i'm glad you got your uh, your new bike and i mean I, you know what I'm, I'm not even gonna say what i was gonna say because i don't want to i want to put bad vibes out there uh 
but you sh- yeah i know you know you shouldn't don't worry ryan one day when you learn how to ride a bike i'll let you try it <laughs> and, and uh no and you'll- i was gonna say buy a really 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 good lock or don't park in front of oh, your yeah. office <laughs> no well so first off i've changed offices so even if i was going back to the office it wouldn't be in the same ghetto place no offense gat no uh but uh but yeah, at the same time, I'm I'm going to be very careful. Also, this bike was more expensive than my last bike, and I am uh, I am going to be very very careful with this bike. Uh, yeah, when I get it, it's going to be my precious. Speaking of precious, you can find all types of treasure down in the dungeons, and that's where we're heading next. Ryan and I are going to talk about uh, some of the dungeon stuff, and. Uh, I, I noticed some alignment, Ryan, and yes. I think this might be alignment that a lot of people have had this past week, uh, which is the Wal- Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the second Marvel show. I think it was originally scheduled to come out first, but it's coming out second. Um, and the first episode, only the first episode aired this past week on Disney+. Plus. We both watched it. Uh I don't know how spoilerific we want to get on the premiere, but do, what were your impressions overall? Did you like it? I, I, I will say I, I did like it. I really liked it. And I'll also say it, I think it's a show, at least in its first episode, that is there's not much to spoil. I, I think you can discuss the show with and you could go point for point. Not that we're going to do that, but you could go point for point And it'd be like, yeah, that didn't feel like WandaVision level Ah, I wish I didn't know that. I wish I had experienced it myself. Like this show feels more in line with the traditional Marvel shows that we're used to seeing, um, like The Winter Soldier and uh, Civil War and stuff like that. However, they are sort of um, putting a a strong focus on these these characters, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and exploring um, their lives post endgame and in the case of uh falcon you know um post endgame being gone for five years and how that affects him and his family and also looking at the winter soldier and him post endgame but also like kind of the first step back into civilization after being a uh soulless hydra um secret agent killing machine right so I really like that they're focusing in on that and we're getting to explore it a bit more because it wouldn't work in the movies. I feel like it it has to be told in a long form um, format, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and the action, my gosh, like I think they put more money into that one chase scene through the Utah ravines um, than they did in the entirety of WandaVision. It just looked so expensive, right? Yeah, I know. It, it honestly did. I remember like when I was a kid, if there was a TV show that had special effects, like, you know, you would like uh, a Xena or whatever. I don't know what other shows had special effects, but like Animorphs, that one. Yeah, you would be like, you'd be like, you could tell the TV level, something TV level, something movie level. It's been increasingly difficult to do that. And definitely uh, the opening of that episode, there's a huge action set piece. Um, and it was really sweet. And like, it, I had it been on the uh, big screen, like you would have just been like, this is, this is, you know, movie level there. No question. Um, and, uh, it is funny cause tonally like it opens with that. And then of course it turns into a drama for the rest of it. It's all sort of character beats as you say. And, uh, I, and definitely I, I appreciated that. I sort of wish that I had rewatched some of the, like, 
th- those characters are um you know represented in a, in in a series of movies mostly the Captain America movies Winter Soldier Civil War those would probably be the two big ones you'd want to watch um I kind of wish that I'd rewatch them I Disney has the uh I think you clued me onto it the uh, has these sort of like character recaps the uh, legends um thing on Disney Plus and we watched both the Winter Soldier and the um the Falcon one and uh, they're well put together. They just essentially throw together all the, the notable clips that have to deal with that particular character in the movies. Um, it was really good for Winter Soldier, really told – I felt told the story well. But it was notable when watching the recap of like Falcon in the movies. Like he really doesn't have much in the films. Like aside from – like he's some guy mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and you know, he becomes Cap's BFF. And he's there and has caps back throughout these movies. But there's not much in the way of character development beyond that or like what what he has going on in his life. So this show p- provided the first opportunity to, to sort of flesh that out a bit. And winners, the Winter Soldier stuff on, on the first episode was kind of like, okay, yeah, he was a brainwashed Hydra agent. He's now trying to make amends. Like that's that's like – the 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 short version of it and and fine like that makes sense that's what we already knew that he had come out of it that he's back to being bucky but the falcon stuff uh was both the best stuff and the worst stuff i thought of the first episode because i really liked the um the element where he had to give up the shield uh where he did give up the shield at the beginning um and uh and then the the closing bit at the end which i won't spoil but um, but all of that and, and the speak that he spoke to another character from the MCU's past about um, about giving up the shield. I thought all of that was great. I don't know about you, but the whole like you can do anything with this character. You're bringing up the backstories. You've decided to suddenly he's got a sister and they grew up on a boat and he's trying to stop her from selling the boat and it's like a dilapidated piece of shit. And uh, they have money problems. Uh, and uh, I did not buy that at all. I don't know about you. Yeah, the I, I, I saw a lot of r- rambling about, uh, you know, WandaVision, a robot can buy um, stuff. I'll say, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. I just realized that, that was a spoiler. But, but um, you know, a robot can buy something that's very expensive on a whim and surprise his his lover with that. And then someone who's been working alongside Captain America um, doesn't have uh, a dollar to his name, essentially, is what happens when he when they go to the bank and he, he tries to get a loan based on uh, the fact that he's an Avenger and all it gets is really annoying selfie requests. And I think that it's interesting that they're exploring that side of things with the, the fact that, um, you know, with the blip... And what happens to people, like effectively his income, like they say, like, well, you have no income for the last five years. And I think exploring sort of how that affected uh, characters in the blip. But but honestly, it feels weird that he would have nothing, right? Because, I mean, he was an Avenger and for for quite a while like it just and in the earlier part of that episode, he's doing this extremely dangerous mission with yeah. 
what appears to be a suit that must be worth millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and, uh, and then, then we're asked to believe that, Oh, he doesn't have a penny to his name. And the other thing is it really makes Iron Man look like an asshole because Iron Man did not get blipped away. And you, you would think that like all these people got blipped away and you would think that he would be like, okay, what's Peter's Aunt May doing? I'm going to give her a bunch of money. What's, does Sam Wilson have family? I'm going to give them a bunch of money. You know, like you'd think that he can't do anything from all his friends that disappeared, but he's been around, you know, raising his daughter and, and, and uh, with Pepper Potts. You'd think at the very least he would have looked up the other Avengers and been sure that their families were financially well off, you know? But nope. Uh, oh, I struggled so much while you were gone, Sam. I'm like because nobody gave a shit, and I get that the the world went to shit. I do, I do get that, but it just feels like it. What they want to do, they want some character beats, and they force this storyline. I think they want they want to show you know the 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 racism at play. They want to show um, you know the they want a working class hero they want all of this and they and they you know they've they've gone in with this they didn't have to they created this backstory i don't think like i could be wrong i don't know falcon's backstory in the comics that well but i don't think that he had like a family ship or whatever that uh or boat and that so that was the one part that kind of like and i know that it's not going to be over like it's probably going to be continued thing the the sister will be a regular character and like it uh, it's it's just it it's just like I'm. You can ask me to believe giant green space aliens are going to come down and snap a finger and destroy half a civilization, but don't don't ask me to believe that. Re, you know the guy in the multi million dollar flight suit doesn't have any money for his sister. You know, like that's a, that's a that's a bridge too far. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I it was hard to understand what was going on, but I think that. Like I think in that scene, he was he he wanted to help his sister save the family business, or at least get a loan to be able to keep the family business afloat. Am I maybe misremembering in that maybe he was just there to help her get the loan, and he had the money, but he was just she wanted to do it herself, and he said, "Well, at least let me help you get the loan." Was that not the case? Like I, it was very hard to to tell. But you're right, like they do bring up the fact of who pays these superheroes. And, and I think, you know, Sam Wilson literally says like, you know, or no, uh, the, the bank guy said, well, doesn't Tony pay you? And, and he says, well, it doesn't really work like that. And it's like, well, it should work like that. I mean, just because you get a million dollar suit to fly around with and block bullets with, doesn't mean you can, you can pay for, you know, your housing with a, with an Iron Man suit. And I think like, that's an interesting exploration, I think. Maybe, maybe, but like, like Sam, what was the, it was Age of Ultron or whatever. I forget that ends with like some cat walking into the new Avengers and the Avengers yes. compound or whatever. And Falcon is one of them. Like he's a legit Avenger mm-hmm. for sure. It's, it's not more than Tony Stark's money. It's also like the government, Nick Fury, all of that sort of stuff. And I get, the shield fell and all this, but I do, I do find, I, I, it's not believable to me. I just find it, it, it's stretched, especially with the opening sequence that he would be trusted with that gear and not receive like, like at least a very significant payment, you know, like, and uh, I get that in 
there's people who are like, well, if you look at where he was living in Winter Soldier, it's not like any sort of glamorous pad. It was just an apartment. I never felt that Sam Wilson was rich before joining the Avengers. It's not like all of a sudden, like he was in the mansion earlier on and now he's, he's, I just, I just think that this is a stretch, um, a storytelling stretch. And it, it's unfortunate because it's in the spy one of the, the MCU. You, if, if the MCU's got like flavors like Neapolitan ice cream and you've got like the magic, which is the Doctor Strange Wanda area. You've got the space, which is the Guardians and Thor area or whatever. And then then you've got the 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 spy, which is like the Black Widow, Captain America, Winter Soldier area. Well, we're in the spy world right now, and and that's the world that I have the most sort of like the highest expectations for some sort of logical consistency. And, and it, it wasn't there. Now here's the other thing. They only released one episode and it, it while it was like longer, like it's 40 minutes or something. It's like a lot of these streaming services have gone with the release, a couple of episodes, get people hooked. And, and then, you know, uh, I think even one division did this and then release week to week. Uh, they Bucky and Sam did not even interact in this episode or meet in this episode, Falcon and the winter soldier. Like if it was a movie, it's the very beginning of a movie. And so obviously it's too early to judge, but it's just, it, I, I would have like, I couldn't wait to watch it clearly. Uh, I, and the numbers say that I'm definitely not alone. Uh, and maybe people felt that this was going to be an, go down easy, be very easily digestible and people would be on, for, on board for the ride. But I, I was a little disappointed that they didn't drop at least two episodes uh, on day one. Cause who knows uh, once, once the, the plot starts, you know, gaining traction, like Baron, Baron Zemo uh, wasn't even in this episode, right? Um, yeah, Baron uh, Zemo is supposed to pop back up. Uh, Sharon Carter is supposed to pop pop back up. You 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 are right. It is like in the spy section of the Marvel universe. Uh, you see a bit of that where um, uh, Sam Wilson's friend overseas is exploring some new uh, uh, terrorist organization that wants to wants to go back to the age of the blip and have like one one world con- government type stuff and i think that's where you're gonna see sort of the spy stuff i think where i'm curious as to how they balance everything and without it seeming um convoluted and and just kind of uh yeah all over the place is i want to see how they balance the the idea of um the new captain america and the idea of his relationship with his with his family um i really liked his sister i really liked his sister's kids i I thought that whole dynamic was really cool i want to see more of that but i wonder how do you explore those things and do the zemo world trotting spy thriller in six episodes like it feels like they and also the winter soldier like going through his list and making amends like do they drop that or i just want to see how they balance everything and i and because of wandavision because of the last 10 years i feel like they can really do it um i would be shocked if they drop the ball i have i have faith in their creative team to to deliver on those on those fronts so yeah i'm i'm hopeful that they can they can balance it but you're right it's setting up a lot of stuff that if they were to just drop the 
you know, the exploration of the relationship with Sam and his family. That would be really disappointing, especially when it was a large focus of, of episode one. Um, but it didn't exist before. Like, I know. Is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Now, it'd be disappointing, but they've said it's be, it would be disappointing because it would show storytelling sloppiness, right? That they didn't exactly. need to, they didn't need to bring them in to begin with to, to draw. Because like, I think the thing is, is that people would point to Winter Soldier in particular, but also Civil War as some of the favorite MCU movies of all, um, you know, of all time. And so, like this show, you know, with the limited amount of episodes as it is, is essentially probably a, a Zack Snyder's Justice League length movie, <laughs> right? Like that's what it is. It's a movie yes. it, uh, broken up into little bits. And so we're in the half of the first act of the movie at this point. The, the two leads haven't even gotten together. They're just sort of setting stuff up. So I no, I'm open to I'm open to being amazed and and enjoying it. But one thing that is it has made me think a little bit about too is the leads. Um well, you know, I know everybody loves Chris Evans and Captain America, and it is interesting because people will talk about how the MCU is built on the back of Tony uh, and Robert Downey Jr. And yes, he had a breakout performance, super charismatic. You were on board with him from day one. Um, Spider-Man, they could have anybody behind the tights, but Tom Holland's an amazing job, But and, and he is like a super charismatic People, people are into him, the Guardians and all of that. But these heroes that Disney Plus has gone with, like um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, the Wanda and Vision, these are like, you know, no, nobody was really clamoring to see more of them in particular. Like they're there for the – most of us are there for the MCU. Um, and, and so – part of the goals of these shows is to make us love these characters uh, and to get us more invested in these characters. Now that the, you know, the A team, if you will, has gone off into the sunset. Um, and uh, so far I'm still like, like in the first, it, again, it's only the first episode. I keep wanting like Chris Evans to walk around a corner, you know, yeah. like, and, uh, and hopefully that goes away as it goes on. Cause that is clearly not going to happen and nor should it, it would be a failure of storytelling likely if it did, you know, but, yeah, um, I, I, I understand. I, I definitely understand where you're coming from on the side of you have this MCU and we're going to talk about it when we do get around to WandaVision. Um, it's just, you crave this inner connectivity, but I really think they've, we know what we're getting from this show. We're getting Zemo, which is a big deal. We're getting Sharon Carter back. Those are two characters we haven't seen in a long time. Um, we're getting more explore exploration into the Winter Soldier and how he moves forward with his life, Sam Wilson, and um, some other characters as well. I think we got our big uh, sort of cameo. In, in It's not a Chris Evans. It's not an Iron Man. I, I, think, I don't think we're going to see that kind of stuff. Um, I I was into like here's the thing like this could be considered a spoiler but like it it, it really it really isn't in the case that I, I thought Chris Evans character would be you know the Captain America character would be properly sunsetted in this series at the very very beginning he was very old at the end of Endgame and I thought this would lead with him his funeral like honestly um, the fact that he walks off into the sunset at the end of Endgame after handing over the shield, this like 140-year-old man, is is a bit disappointing to that character. I know there are comic book reasons that he could come back, um, but the fact that they they ignore they don't ignore that moment. They 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 they, they definitely address it in that he's got the shield literally in the same 
sort of carrier that that Chris Evans gave it to him at the end of Endgame. But like, what what happened to him? Like, this, this is the stuff that I think is is the weaker storytelling in this interconnected world. It's like, where where did he go, and why don't we get to know that since we've been following him since the forties? You know, and I I hope we get that. I I don't know. Didn't he go and return the Infinity Stones and then spend time in this other parallel universe where he married Peggy Carter and then he came back to the main timeline to give the shield away and then probably hop back to the parallel universe to give the to, to you know walk off in the sunset with Peggy Carter? Isn't uh, that more or less? Well, I mean, like this is the thing. Yes, I guess so. But considering, so here's there's a couple of things. Considering his age at the end of Endgame, when he comes back, he's quite old. Also consider. Um, that Peggy Carter died in the MCU at, at an old age, but previous to Endgame, so she was she had already passed at that point. Um, but yeah, time travel, timey wimey, of course. And this is probably why they don't address it because of issues like this. It's like best to leave it vague so people can talk about it on a podcast. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, that being said, I would have liked some some sort of nod to that. The most we got of Chris Evans was. Um, uh, a, a Smithsonian exhibit. So that's probably all we're going to get. And we're probably just going to get a lot of great spy Marvel action. And uh, we'll, ha- we'll have to be cool with it because we're not getting any more until July 9th because Black Widow has been delayed yet again. Um, but at least it's coming out that they have guaranteed. <laughs> Uh, no, no, for sure. And we will likely uh, revisit some of this MCU stuff. Um, again, it's it's obviously uh, we're entertainment starved right now. And the timing is the, t- the timing for uh, Disney Plus with these shows has been so good. They've just, I think, announced at least in the States, probably in Canada, that they're raising their prices. I understand why they've they've crossed like the 100 million. Uh, subscriber mark crazy uh, and also they've just had like with WandaVision now Falcon Winter Soldier and Mandalorian season 2 they've just had the big water cooler um, series uh, and and uh, the ones that that people are talking about and, and that they're not dumping them all at once they release the episodes week to week so it really like you know people like us that 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 are generating content with our podcast we're like oh another episode to talk about or to you know and they, you get more mileage out of it that way that's for damn sure um speaking of getting mileage out of things ryan i wanted to talk just very briefly about my video gaming habits oh i thought uh, you were going to talk about your bike again no but uh <laughs> but you, see, one day when you learn how to ride you'll really appreciate uh, them they go you keep fast. bringing it up it's not fair yeah. uh but uh but yeah, the um, the the thing is, is I'm like I guess in between games, other than Zelda Breath of the Wild, which my daughter will get mad at me if I play uh, without her. Incidentally, update on that: we just beat the the third Divine Beast. We've got three of the four done, and uh, we're now going up into the Hebra Mountains north of Rito Village. Um, and uh, yeah, should be uh, should be pretty cool. We're still having a good time. I'll be sad when that game's over. Also, I have the DLC this time, which I didn't last time. So I've tried the Master Sword Challenge, which is um, in the uh, sort of like a DLC challenge set that you go back to the Lost Woods, put the Master Sword back. It, it's very much like, like I guess, a roguelike or a survival game. They take away all your gear and you got to go through these challenges. 
it's pretty fun, but like when you lose, it sucks, and then you have to restart it all. So yeah, anyway, Breath of the Wild is still good. But aside from that, uh, and No Man's Sky with the guys, uh, like I don't have a game that I have necessarily been playing, but I had activated the Xbox Game Pass on PC. And so I've now started, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but there has been a major dump of new games. Like uh, Bethesda, all the sale finalized, and they moved all the Bethesda games on, um, even ones that had been on previously now back on or whatever. And then they've closed some sort of deal with EA and EA Play, and now all of a sudden all the EA games are on there as well. It's crazy. Um, And I was looking at it, and it was like an abundance of riches. I'm like a kid in a candy store. So I was like, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to just download a bunch and just start trying a bunch of different games. And so that's what I did. And it was really, it was really fun. I was worried that I wasn't going to like, it was going to make me, you know, when you spend money on something, like you, you feel like attached to it, like you've got to get value out of it. You've got to examine it. And I felt like this might be a bad approach. Like I might, it might make games disposable or make me quit too early. But I uh, know I've been enjoying it so far. Have you ever done a, a Game Pass sampler, Ryan? Oh, I am very good at remote. Inst- I'll take it one further. Remote installing a bunch of oh, games. Oh, damn. And not playing them. Uh, but but seeing all the icons as I boot up my Xbox or PC and be like, oh, look at all those games I installed. Um, look at all those games I installed. Yeah. yeah like, uh, you know, on Xbox, uh, you know, I, with the gamers in, I'm always looking for, for a new game to jump into and try to have something fresh to talk about on the show. So Game Pass works really well, especially when they add um, a lot of indie games. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. They're smaller size, too, so you can install quite a few at once. Like the, the games that I install... I played uh, Katana Zero, which had been a game that I've been interested in for a long time from Devolver Digital. Uh, and, uh, you know, I always thought that'd be good on the Switch or whatever, but and it, I, I just, you know, I'm like, this is my chance to try it. So I tried that. Streets of Rage 4, um, I, I popped on as well. I downloaded Near Automata, which is a, actually a large game. And it, it is a, it was one of those games that um, that is on a lot of the top, like PS4 top games, you see near Automata list, listed often. And it doesn't look like my type of game stylistically, but I'm just like, it's on all these lists. I've got to at least give it a try. I got Game Ooh. Pass. I can just see if I, I like it. So I'll have impressions next time. I haven't started that one up. But Katana Zero is probably the one that I've dug into the most. Streets of Rage 4, it's fine. It's a beat em up. I used to love those games so much, like in arcades and stuff. But now, with 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 you know, even one as well made as Streets of Rage Four, it's like maybe if you got a couple of buddies in there and you're just playing, and you probably have a good time with it. But otherwise, it's like it is not an, a deep experience by uh, any means. It's fun. It's a perfect Game Pass sampler game. I'll play it a bit. Uh, you can listen to a podcast where you beat on dudes' faces. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just a, you know, side scroller beat up, beat up, uh, Katana zero though, is like much more like one of those indie gem type games. Uh, have you played it? Uh, I think I, I think I jumped into it and, uh, it kind of reminded me of, um, uh, Ninja Gaiden a little bit, like the old school Ninja Gaiden. And I'm not very good at those. So (laughs) I bounced off it pretty quick. Um, but uh, I, 
th- those games, like, I think if you're looking, I'm trying to remember, um, if you're looking for another really good digital devolver game, I don't know if Carrion was um, on the Xbox yeah, Game Pass it, PC. It's it's on there. I just like you I look play at the it. art style. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And again, like art style for sure. You take what look at the screenshots. It's it looks kind of like you know, and it's it's hard. It's hard. To, I remember like um, when 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 female characters weren't prominent in games and macho men were always like i don't want to play as a girl you know uh you don't want to play as a monster no no but seriously that's (laughs) what i'm just like i see i see that and i'm like i'm like yeah like even near automata where you're like an android or something i'm like and i got to be more open to these experiences but depends on the tone of the game and stuff like that but yeah anyway i'll give it a shot if you think it's good i trust devolver they seem to just pump out great indie after great indie yeah i'll say this uh carry on is a really great twist on the it's like a reverse horror game you're playing as the monster you are trying to escape you are the bad guy but you're trying to escape this science lab and you are devouring humans and it's it's very clever it's something you've never played before so i think by that logic like it is it is something to to bump to the top of your list and it is short it's very digestible you could finish it in probably a couple of evenings. I like Ryan. Ryan, you're like, it's something you've never played before, so you'll like it. I'm like, if it's a game that you haven't played before. I think I, my logic there is basically it's it's a it's a type like it's a type of game you've never experienced before. It's unique and I think um I think did we not talk about Loop Hero and how it was unique and it's something you should definitely check out because it's something you've never played before. Like yeah. It kind of depends on what you're looking for. Like if you are looking for new experiences, I think Carrion's a really good example of something you're familiar with but different. And um I think that's the best way to put it. Near Automata is uh, a little different. It's certainly a very um, it's a Japanese RPG. It's it's very anime, uh, but it is unique in the way uh, that it portrays its narrative structure. Uh, there are multiple endings, and it's very quirky. All the characters are very quirky. Don't look at the DLC because it is super anime. It takes it in a whole new anime level, but uh, yeah, it's um it's really interesting too. I wasn't able to like finish it, but I kind of dug the the bayonetta, you know. Um, combat style so it's a lot of fun once you get going with the combat near automata but it's super quirky and super weird the thing is 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 like not to spoil it, a game that i haven't even played yet but my understanding is what's interesting about near automata is that you finish it and then it changes yes. and then you've got to finish it like five times or something like to get the full to and i don't know more than that but i do know there was this game called Astro bought the Omega Factor, I think, on Game Boy Advance. And uh, there was a time where I was playing literally, I was traveling and I was playing every Game Boy Advance game. And I played this one. And it, like, it's anime, obviously, Astro Boy. Astro Boy or Astro? Yeah, Astro Boy. Um, Astro Boy is like an original anime character and all of this. And I was not necessarily on board for Astro Boy, even though I'd seen it on TV as a kid. But I played the game and uh, and it's really like it's a fun, well-made game by Treasure. It's like got lots of action, all sorts of stuff. But then you kind of finish the game and then you go back in time and then you revisit things. And then there's layers upon layers. And, and I have never played a game 
made like that. But by the time I was completely done it and I'd unlocked all these characters and hidden storylines and all of this stuff, I was like, this game is insanely good. And it's crazy how, how cool it was. And I'm just like, I'm willing, I guess, like to, to give Nier Automata the, the benefit of the doubt to see everybody saying like you finish it once and then things change and get you know, get crazy. So I feel like I'm going to start playing it. It's going to be weird. I'm going to want to bounce off it and I'm going to try to push through it to see what the fuss is about. Cause people are saying that there is uh there is something about it. If you didn't even finish it once, you, you probably don't know what that is, but I'm hoping to, to find out. I think I, f- I think I finished it once and then I got the ending, which is basically, uh, I think it's the kill yourself ending at the very beginning. What? Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not a spoiler because it's literally like, hey, if you pull the plug, you will, the game will be over. I'm like, all right. And I did it. And it's like, man, that's really weird. Rolls credits. And then just like, psych, you're back. And uh, yeah, you know, you finish it. It's a, It's like a six hour experience. You finish it. Then it pops back in and you're playing from a different perspective um like i said the the narrative structure of it is just set up so weirdly and now is a really good time to play because i guess that uh, game pass version it, on pc is like the best pc version you can play so well, that's i saw that news story and that's how i got into it because game pass has now reached the point of um netflix where it's like i don't know what to play there's so much stuff on here and so sometimes you forget and i'm trying to be like okay what are the things that are on here that I, you know that i want to play uh, but just going back to Katana Zero really quick, Katana Zero is funny because it also attracted me with kind of like the Ninja Gaiden thumb candy aesthetic. Like it looked like something that I would be really into. And I am like into the game essentially. But what the game that it has the most in common with is Hotline Miami, which I wasn't expecting. So, um, you know, it, it also has really kind of heavy, disturbing content, even though it's done in a pixel art style. Um, you know, you are playing somebody who's like killing all these guys, like which seems like they're bad dudes. But at the same point, I keep expecting a story twist that's going to reveal that I've been killing nice people the whole time. Um, who knows? Uh, but it's, it wouldn't be a game that if you would explain to me what it was like, you know how I'm not playing the last of us two. It's still sitting in shrink wrap. <laughs> well, like, like I know what that game is. I know what I'm getting myself into when I play that game. Whereas Katana zero, like the box art and everything I, I didn't, it caught me by surprise. I started playing it. And by the time I realized that I was playing a heavy, a heavier game than originally appeared, it was too late. I was caught in the loop of the gameplay, which is really, really fun. Um, and involves like uh, slowing down time and time rewinds and all sorts of stuff. Really cool side scrolling. Uh, you go into a, an area and you've got to take out all the guys, uh, and it's all one hit hit kills. You you're a samurai. You hit them with your sword. They're done. They hit you once with anything. You're done. Have to redo the room and it loads up instantly. You do it again. Um, and uh, it, in in that way, it's like Hotline Miami where where it goes really fast. It's really punchy and you just jump back in. Um, and it has an interesting storyline that I want to know more about. And there's, it's all very mysterious. So I'm really, I, I, I am into it, but it is not one that like, if you're looking for a light game that is not disturbing, that's not a, it's not a good choice And the aesthetic, the box and everything. 
You know, like I feel like I'm glad I'm not playing it on my Nintendo Switch with all my children's games. I feel like that if it was on my Switch, I would feel bad about it. I would feel dirty somehow. I'd be like, oh, uh, I wouldn't want Gwen to accidentally start playing Katana Zero. But anyway, it's a good game. Yeah. No, I and I think it's important to have uh, those games that you're that you're playing uh, away away from the kids. Uh, I mean, The Last of Us being in shrink wrap, I totally get it. Uh, but um, yeah, Katana Katana Zero sounds interesting. I mean, if if you're looking for a bit of a palate cleanser and uh, you like watching TV like me, um, we talked about Falcon the Winter, Winter Soldier. But I, I finished. I managed to finish uh, Shit's Creek with my wife. And we loved it. It was a great show. Uh, and man, I feel like we will never have anything like that ever again. I understand why people love that show so much. And it's a really, it's a really good watch. And it's, it's a solid six seasons. They're bite-sized seasons, so you're getting like full stories, and you're getting one of those rare occurrences. It's, it happens more now than it did, you know, when we were kids, but. The fact that you're getting a complete narrative for these characters beginning to end and and kind of leaving them in a place that fee- feels final, you know, for uh, for television is really tough. Um, so we did finish up Shit's Creek. I ended up watching the documentary that's also on Netflix about Shit's Creek. And it's it's really interesting as well to kind of see how Eugene and Dan Levy kind of work together to put the show um, on the air and it's it's uh it's really something so, just go back ryan because to Schutz creek because you mentioned this um <laughs> i thought you were gonna pre- talk about katana zero let's go back to uh, katana zero let's, yeah, let's, 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 yeah uh, that's why are we why did we stop talking about that again <laughs> um but but no going back to 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 Schitt's creek when you originally brought it up okay yes. like and you mentioned it and this was the prejudice that i i discussed at the time that that i had with the canadian tv show it was airing on cbc it had a stupid name um like it was uh you know it, i i just the reviews for the first season were like uh oh, we don't you know like it's all right i guess and then it feels like by the time that show ends or the final seasons where it won every single award, there's like a come to Jesus moment where everybody is like, oh, my God, this thing is the best thing ever. And it is funny because last time you were talking about this show on this podcast, you were saying like, yeah, like we're into season two here. It's, you know, like, yeah, it has some definitely some growing pains. I could see sort of things about what people would like about it. Not sure if we're going to stick with it. And then you're done season six and you're like, it's the best thing ever, you know, better than Katana Zero. <laughs> um, and and like, I'm just, I, I guess like, where does that transformation happen? Like, is it is this a situation like, you know, you know, The Office, the first season, very odd. And then season two onwards, different. Same thing with Parks and Rec, season one, very weird season two onwards i tell people for parks and rec don't even watch season one just start on season two um like is this a situation like that where it's like just start later on the show is it all evenly good does it get completely better how 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 does that journey go i think um the office comparison doesn't really work because uh the quality of the show i think is consistent in terms of its uh, acting and set design and all that it's consistent i think it gets it definitely gets better as it goes because it gets more budget but like that's not the issue i think where it is at for the first couple seasons is you are getting comfortable with these characters and these 
these characters are getting comfortable with their new lives because it starts off with this very rich, very stereotypical uh, rich family that loses all their money. And of course, you know, Eugene, who plays uh, 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 the, the father, I'm trying to remember, I think it's, I think it's some Johnny Rose. Yeah. And he, he has sort of, a, he's the hard worker of the family. He's the one that, you know, brought them into their millions with basically a blockbuster ripoff. And, uh, he's the one that kind of understands how real life works. Whereas the kids are spoiled rotten. Um, the, the wife, uh, Catherine O'Hara's character, she is a sort of a soap opera actress who kind of worked out on one show, did commercials and just kind of like hung around, um, Johnny Rose and, and, and whatnot, and just live this, this glamorous life with the, ki- the kids as well. Like, there's always these jokes of like, when I was 16, I was over in, you know, Baja being kidnapped by, and this is like the daughter. And it's like, how old were you when this happened? And it's like normal. So the first season is, is very much those characters coming to grips with that. They have no money. They're living in this, um, you know, four corner type town, you know, uh, a very sort of like run down off the highway type, you know, out in the boonies type city. And the mayor is literally, uh, Chris Elliott, um, uh, who you, you probably know. And he is, uh, his character's name is Roland shit. So they, again, the first season plays around a lot with this, you know, backwater sort of, uh, country folk type town. And then you have these like rich New York folks who have to, uh, move into a motel because they, you know, Johnny Rose bought the town for his son on a, on a laugh as a birthday gift. And that was their final asset that the government didn't want to take because it was worthless. So the first season is very much coming to grips with who these characters are. And then also those characters kind of finally realizing, okay, if we're going to, we're not going to be able to move back to New York. We kind of have to get comfortable where we are. And I think it takes time to get used to that premise and then also get used to, I think the reason the show gets better and better is because these characters start to realize the situation they're in and adapt. And I think that's where the show is really interesting. And then there's also the other side of it where you start to, uh, really understand and appreciate all the characters that are thrown in the mix. And it's one of those shows uh, that, um, you know, portrays LGBTQ uh, characters in a very positive light. We don't get that uh, as often as we should. And in this show, you know, you have, uh, I, th- I think it's Dave. Again, I'm ter- terrible with character names. But the the, the guy who uh, Dan Levy plays, he has a relationship with um, Patrick, another character. And that is a central point of the show going forward, too. And I think that's where it gets a hell of a lot better the show because it starts to focus on those characters and their relationship and how they're living in the town. So I think it's just the characters get more interesting as the show progresses because they are constantly building them up and it's not negative. It's all positive. And I think that's the best part. There's really no negativity to the show and that's what makes it so great. I think that's why it gets better and better. Okay, now that is really good, Ryan. That's a good explanation. Like, so you you bear with it, and then as the characters grow, you sort of at one point like click in for the ride and stuff like that. It's funny because when I hear the like the rolling shit stuff, I was just like, oh man, that is the type of lowbrow that I just I I I I wouldn't go for now. You know, like I just be like, uh, uh, but but that's why I felt that that's how it was. 
build in the early days and then now it has evolved into this beloved thing and i think people are looking for these positive tv shows and i know i have been a big advocate of like the michael sure shows like the the good place the parks and rec all of that sort of stuff brooklyn 99 um recently ted lasso we talked about uh and and now now this did i ever say that I, did, did i close the loop on ted lasso no like I, but I i saw you tweeted that you watched it Okay, I I should I'll just I don't want to spend too too much time because I know we talked about it last time. That show is so damn good. Everybody should watch that show. <laughs> That's a really good show. I told I told my brother and I, it it is um, a positive show. Uh, it is it, if you have a free subscription to Apple uh, TV, which you might if you bought an Apple device in the past year or whatever, it comes with it. That's how we watched it. Um, there's an insane amount of Apple product placement on the show, but aside, aside from that, everything about it is so damn enjoyable. And my wife who I'm like, yeah, it's about an American, uh, football coach who comes to England and to coach, uh, British soccer slash football. Like I could, like, I couldn't see her eyes roll back in her head, but I could almost feel it. Like it does not sound like her thing at all and uh she i'm like let's just watch the first episode and we did and that was that and she loved the show uh and i think it's like i can't think of anybody that would not love ted lasso it's also only it's like nine episodes which makes it so that it's you know it's it's a short watch they've already renewed it for two other seasons but we're looking for we enjoy that type of content a lot like again it reinforced that that positive good-natured, bittersweet, um, you know, uh, stuff is great. So Schitt's Creek uh, might be like six seasons. I know you said they're shorter, but that's still a, that's still a lot of content that's sitting there that we could, we could get into. So I think, I think, uh, I don't know. I think we might do it. Yeah. I think it's a good, a good next step. And um, I'll talk about it probably next episode, but uh, we've moved into Kim's convenience. So it was another CBC sort of gem production and it's uh, it, it, we're still working our way through the first season. So it's still growing on us, but I think I'm, I'm coming around on it. It's pretty delightful as well. But if you're looking for something um, that is uh, how do I put this uh, more of a downer, So if you're looking for um, something to check out while you're watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus, there's this really unique show called Calls, and it was mentioned on the morning stream, and I'm I'm not going to do what they did where they say they play a clip from the um, most, one of the more interesting episodes, but also one of the least sort of um, uh, horrific episodes. So Calls is this show, you'll see it on the Apple TV Plus app, and it is it is pretty much a visual podcast. So it, it is a it is a podcast and it's an audio drama, but where the visual element comes in is in the waveforms that they display on the screen. So the premise of the show is it's these calls, these phone calls going back and forth between characters, and the waveform is sort of visualized on the on the television screen in a way that plays to the narrative. So one of the examples being um they're, and it's all famous actors who are doing this because they're all doing it from their closets, uh, you know, via Zoom. So it's you don't see the Zoom call, but you can hear, you can hear that they've done some audio production in a way that these folks are recording it from their homes and they're putting this show together for for Apple TV Plus and high production values. But it is very much a visual podcast, and they're telling this story. It's kind of a mix between 
they're it's it's like Black Mirror, and all the episodes are sort of um, self-contained in a certain way, but they're all very based around these calls that are happening. And usually something to do, every episode, something to do with time travel and the way that you're taking a call from the future or the past. Um, and it's very, it's very horrific in some of these instances where, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's very dark. And um, probably not, probably not something you want to watch right now, but it is intriguing. It's got that, so Black Mirror, also a very dark show, but it's got that intriguing element to it where you just you just you you kind of want to watch it because it's an interesting story even though it is a little giving you like oh man that's really creepy but uh it's very unique and if you already have apple tv plus i think it it's worth checking out but the selling point for me was uh pedro pascal provides a voice for episode three so if you don't want to watch any of this because i'm turning off saying like it's kind of like not something you want to watch during a pandemic episode three you can go right to it and it features pedro pascal as the neighbor next door and there's this interesting sort of back and forth between him, the main character, and the main character's wife about some, uh, uh, about it, like asking him to go into his house and collect something. And there's, and it's like this bag he's, he's asked to collect, and there's like this back and forth about that. So, but if you go check it out, it's very interestingly set up visually, considering it is kind of like what you and I are doing right now. We're, we're having a conversation over discord that's kind of what it is it's just a bunch of waveform on screen it's really interesting it's so unique but it's wow it's very Break much the fourth a, wall why don't you ryan I, yeah i don't know it, it's it's one of those things they're very digestible they're basically podcast episodes but the visual element does add a little bit to it that um warrants watching it and paying attention to it in, in maybe a passive way but uh they're bite-sized like 15 20 minute episodes and it's interesting what it's yeah it's it's kind of an interesting take like if if this weren't the pan- pandemic would they have done something like this probably not probably would have just been a podcast but the fact that we're in the pandemic it's kind of interesting to see them try new things as opposed to just you know filming in a bubble right so yeah it's interesting check it out for sure it's like the cinematic matches in wrestling they're trying new things so that people don't have to touch Anyway, whatever. Uh, I what? will, I have I've never heard of that uh, show before, uh, but I, w- I will look into it because I am sort of curious. I was following your description, but I think I'm going to need to kind of see it. I did like how you're like, oh yeah, the guy who plays the Mandalorian is in an episode. Yeah. You should just watch that one. Definitely That's, just that watch is- that one. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where, uh, like, the first episode is a call between um, two partners. One is living in Los Angeles, the other's in New York. And it starts off as like they call each other and the guy's like, well, you were supposed to be here by New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. When are you coming? Well, I'm not coming. And it's like kind of like, oh, this is, you know, a long distance relationship. And then it turns into, oh, there's someone, there's someone in my backyard. I'll have to call you right back. I got to go check that. I might have to call the police. And it kind of goes from there. And you're thinking like, oh, is this going to be one of those sort of audio dramas where like he's in Los Angeles and he's powerless to help, you know, his, his girlfriend, um, while she is being terrorized in her home. It's like, no, it goes in a direction that is not quite like that, but also very creepy and very sci-fi and, uh, it's super weird. And, and at, at first you're thinking like, these are all 
disconnected experiences, but I, I'm a little bit further in where it starts to kind of like connect the dots and it's, it's intriguing, but super creepy and kind of unsettling. So you kind of have to go in knowing that I didn't know that, but I'm already in. So like, I can't stop now, even though it is creepy and unsettling. So it's a hard thing to recommend, especially when you're trying to avoid <laughs> maybe unsettling, creepy things. But uh, you, hey, you made it this far through this podcast, so you must be fine with it. So, uh, get yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of making it through the podcast, let us go to the diaper section, which is where we talk about, uh, you know, our kids mostly balancing our lives and stuff. I uh, will start with a little story that is fresh in my mind. Um, so. I guess it, it's funny how much cooler the shit kids do in, in grade one is now than when I was in grade one. Um, but one of the things that Gwen is doing is uh, like, I guess they're teaching sort of rudimentary, rudimentary programming. Ooh. And they do that through this little guy called Octobot or Octobot. Octobot, Octobot. I think it's Octobot. Anyway, he's a little he's a little robot you can buy and I, you can you can uh, dr you draw a line with a heavy permanent marker on paper and then you can uh, and he will follow that line like he will move along that line. But there are color like combos that you can make that will have the robot do certain things. So like you draw the line and then you know red green red might make him do a U turn. Or, you know, red, green, red, green might make him do a 360 or something. And, and by that, you do just like a little line of green, a little line of red, a little line of green, a little line of red. And then you continue drawing your black line. So then he'll do the move and then he'll keep going along the black line. So you're teaching your kids how to use these codes to give the robot kind of instructions. He follows it. He's just this little tiny thing. Um, and uh, what was – so that in and of itself – is really cool and really interesting. But but what I thought was almost the most fun or the most interesting thing is that there's one Octobot for the class. And so every day the teacher would pull from a hat the name of the kid that was going to get to take home Octobot that day. Um, and then he would he or she would have to bring them back the next day. Uh, as, along with a couple of programming like courses, a couple of design courses. And... Um, and so Gwen is in a class of like 18 or something, not that many, but essentially she is third from last to, to have her name drawn. So uh, there's a, she got it today and only there's only two people now, uh, uh, you know, who have not gotten it. So she's gone, gone in day in, day out, hoping that today is going to be the day that they pull her name and that she gets to take Octobot home. And it is, you know, always another kid, always another kid. And every day for the past two weeks, she's been waking up when it's time to go to school being like, Oh, I wonder if today's the day I'm going to get Octobot. And Octobot is like, I don't think he's that expensive. Like I haven't figured out how, how expensive he is. I don't think it's that much. And like, we could likely buy him and Gwen would have her own Octobot, but there's, the value I the value she has in it is the fact that it's the classes and it, they're called the foxes. It's Foxbot is like 
the classes and and she only gets one day with it and she's that adds like she didn't want to play zelda tonight which is a huge deal i was like are you sure and she's like no no zelda i'm like god damn it uh and uh she's like i want to i want to you know this is my night with octobot and i'm she's so excited and she was so excited to announce to me that she had it and so i think it just goes to show you that like like it's by limiting things almost for your children or or there was an inherent value that she had in getting Octobot that if I had just given it to her or been like, oh, I could buy you an Octobot and just given it to her, she would maybe have played with it for an evening, but she wouldn't have had that same thrill. She, it was her name. She was drawn. It's my day today. I'm going to share my plans with the class tomorrow. She's really excited about it. She's a buzz about it going to bed tonight. I just think it's a cool experience, you know, that uh, I know I didn't have anything like that in, in grade one. No, definitely not in grade one. I think the closest thing I had, like programming probably wasn't introduced until uh, until high school, really. So, um, but, but, but I, 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 yeah, I think that's great. I have heard of a couple things um, like along those lines and I have seen some of the ones mentioned like at Best Buy and stuff and they are, they're, they're, they'd be expensive to buy for everyone in the class, but they're not, you know, they're not crazy, so crazy expensive that you couldn't have one in the house. Um, I think if there was a, a strong interest from the kids to have something like that, I mean, that, that'd be probably a, a tool worth, you know, exploring, especially to kind of continue that interest in programming through the summer, because uh, I think it's going to be more important that as we move forward with computers, it's going to be very important for kids to have that general understanding of how, how coding works. Um, I mean, I, I, I know, I know it's, it's served me well for sure. So I, I, I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff. I think grade one, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that seems early, but that's awesome that they're doing it that early. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know if like writing these patterns is a, is going to get them into per se, but yeah, I, I, uh, Gwen seemed to really like it. Uh, and I was excited about that, but I was really excited about just how excited she was. Uh, and, uh, and, and what made her that excited and stuff. So just interesting there. Aside from that on the diaper section, I don't have much, like, as you say, we're in the deep pan, but I've got, I've got back, um, like we got back into swim lessons and, uh, the pool is near us and it's been really great. And both girls are together. We have a great instructor. It's every weekend fun time and like we everybody looks forward to it and stuff like that so i mean i would just say you know look for what's out there if you can with the family like if you can give them little things to look forward to be it octobots or swim lessons then that's really the small mercies that you can do right now i'm all about finding stuff uh for the girls to look forward to yeah i think i think for for us like i had mentioned the warmer weather and i think ashley was looking into swim lessons as well for the kids I think it's something that uh, I know Caden would really like, and and probably Abby would, you know, kind of really needs. I mean, she's not she's not big on the pool, so it'd be uh, probably a good thing. And I'm I'm not surprised that you put this in here to to get another dig at at something pool related. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I I think swim lessons is something we're going to look at this year. I think it's about time um, for Caden, but I think they've just been so over the moon that the fact that the weather is open back up and we can enjoy our backyard and they've been on the play structure and Isabel's kind of getting to the point where she's like trying to walk. So she's loving being in the backyard as well, although she wants to eat sand and dirt. So, um, that's fun. But, uh, basically right now it, it just, it kind of, 
outside of the warm weather and it might even be the shifting weather we're just having like a real struggle with with like people's sleeping schedules um like isabel's all over the place uh she's not napping so that kind of interrupts our whole day because we're all at the house like the kids aren't going anywhere caden has school abby sort of floats around and uh you know playing in sort of the area where caden has school or playing in the in the mid middle area where you know ashley is and i'm kind of working in between my home office and the downstairs so it's it's all kind of thrown out of whack when isabel doesn't nap when we expect her to uh so that's been a lot of <laughs> very interesting uh but and yeah the kids have not been sleeping well either so we're hoping it's just uh like a, a weird weather change phase, but uh, it's it's made everyone extra tired, especially Ashley, who who is getting up with with Isabel because we are. Uh, well, I should say she is breastfeeding, so um, there's not a whole lot I can do in the middle of the night. But during the day, I'm kind of running errands and trying to get Isabel to sleep. You know, sometimes it's literally like having to drive her around and stuff, but. I think you're right. Like finding things for the kids to look forward to. I think that's something that Ashley and I have discussed in terms of, you know, uh, like today at, at lunch, they were talking about dinosaurs and going to like a dinosaur museum. And I said to them, like, you know what? Like, we're going to look into it. We're going to see what we can do. We have like a, a local dinosaur sort of exhibit thing that you can drive through here and they should be setting back up soon. So we're going to look at that. But like they are just itching they want to get out there. They they know that winter is done. It's kind of weird, but I didn't think like at this age they'd be like, "No, winter's done. Like we have to go and do now." So, we're we're looking for things, and I think swim lessons is definitely on the docket. I think I think Caden would really dig it. Uh, it's just a matter of figuring out how that works with with COVID. So how does that? So you just have an instructor, and like, are they wearing a mask in the pool? How does that work? No, they have one of those. Um... Like, uh, what do you call them? Uh, you know, those glass things. Like a divider? Uh, no, uh, you know, face mask. Oh, okay. Glass yeah, thing. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Uh, so they're not in the pool. The lifeguard's like standing above the pool with this glass thing. And uh, where the parent has to be in the pool with them. You, you come in the entrance, they ask you like this quiz. Uh, sure. Have you traveled outside the country? Blah, 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 blah. You come in, you walk directly to the pool deck. There's chairs spaced out and you have an assigned chair. Uh, you put your stuff on the chair um, and then you do the lesson um, in the water. And then afterwards on the way out, you go through the change rooms um, and there's so few people like we generally will take the family when we often have it to ourselves, the entire change room. We'll, we'll shower and then head out. You're supposed to put your masks on whenever you're in those sort of common spaces Anyway, it's 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 really uh it's it's good. It like in in our uh, little local pool is a, a, a separate from the city of Ottawa a bit, so it has its own sort of measures. But it's very close to my house, so it, it it's really um it's really easy. Like, and so you know the thing is though is that I think when when there's a limited amount of spaces and a limited amount of capacities, you have to be really quick on the switch when it comes to registration for sessions, you know, like be aware when they end and, and, and be ready to go when to when they're booking again and such. So, you know, Caden doesn't know what a pool looks like, so he might, <laughs> he might um, be easier. Like you can keep him if you can't just talk to him about it. Once you book the registration, uh, once you get it, because uh, if you mention it beforehand, he might get excited. 
Um, and then uh, and then you'll be like, oh, daddy wasn't able to secure registration. Oh, but daddy's able to secure a PS5, but he can't secure the <laughs> swim lessons. And you'll be like, whoa, Caden, slow your roll here, buddy. Yeah, that would be, that would be, yeah, he'd be. He'd be in t- he'd be in big trouble at that point. Uh, well, I mean that sounds really interesting. Uh, I'll, we'll we'll have to look further into it. But you're right; it's one of those things where if you miss the registration deadline, it's going pretty quick because space is more limited. Um, so we'll 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 keep an eye out. But man, what a, what a what a fun busy not busy time, right? A fun busy not busy time. That's that's the ryan murphy's review of the pandemic it'll be on the pandemic's poster yeah it's on the back the back cover of the pandemic as discussed on dungeons and diapers it's a busy not really busy time not busy not really busy time so with that said uh let us roll into the show closer here we will uh go through the mailbag and we have some mail ryan i will read it to you um it is uh from neil so, hey, Neil, thank you very much already for sending us mail. I don't even know what's in the mail yet. I'm going to read it, but I'm just so excited that I got one. Uh, and Ryan, I guess, gets it too by proxy, even though he's in my house. Um, but, uh, yeah, so here, here it goes. Email from Neil. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, you can email us too uh, by sending us an email at, at daddad at tgistudios.com dad at tgistudios.com just like neil did and he said hey guys thanks for another great episode and congrats to ryan on the ps5 i was lucky enough to score one from shoppers last week for american listeners that's shoppers drug mart uh loved astro's playroom played it a bit with my daughter she's two and a half and she loved shaking the controller and pressing the thrusting adaptive triggers at the beginning we also started playing bug snacks together was able to pick it up for free with PS Plus last year without a PS5 at the time. And she seems to be more engaged uh, than with Astro. But again, only lasts about 10, 15 minutes at a time. She, again, is two and a half. For my dungeon time with the PS5, uh, Neil says that he jumped back into Star Wars Fallen Order. And it has reduced loot load times, which has done wonders to his enjoyment of the game. Hoping it will be the case when I get back into the Avengers after the PS5 update next week. I will say to Neil that uh, I loved Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I played it on the PS4 Pro, uh, and I don't remember the load times being that bad, but I, I just remember really enjoying the game, so hope he uh, has a good time with that. Also, please accept this as my formal request for WandaVision spoilers. You guys touched on some good points already, but I'm always interested in hearing more about it. I watched the making of documentary on the show last night, and it was well worth the watch. It almost had me start the show over again after watching. Cheers, Neil. Um, Thanks so much, Neil. We will have to do a spoiler cast. I know we talked Marvel a bit earlier on the show. Maybe next time uh, when Brian and I have a little bit more juice in the tank, we can uh, delve into some WandaVision spoiler talk um because here's the thing neil neil is exercising his power as a listener by requesting for something it will happen and you can make it happen too by sending us these great emails so thank you neil any comments ryan before i do the business well i will say this if you're playing bug snacks with your kids uh make sure that you prepare for the ending of that game because it takes a turn that that will you'll have to explain to your kids that is They'll probably be like, oh, what's happening, Daddy, with these cute animals? And um, 
just hardcore did. bug snack nope. sex. <laughs> I, I could, I, I'm gonna head you out. I know, I know, I didn't uh, get you uh, before you completed that sentence, but it's definitely not. And don't Google that. I, I mean, just yeah. don't, because the Maybe internet exists. Uh, but no, it, it's just, it's not necessarily that bad. It's just one of those things where, like, the true nature of the bug snacks comes out, and it's, it's hardcore pornography. So you're just gonna want to yeah, make sure you. You, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm joking. Clear. I'm joking, of course, but it is something that you know, like the kids are like, why are why are these bug stacks turning on us? And um, just keep that in mind. But uh, slight spoilers. But with good, Avengers, good. yeah, the the PS5 does not fix Avengers, so but it makes it look nicer. Ah, sweet deal. Uh, and uh, I like that it's. I think it's like even though it's ridiculously difficult to move over your save, I get the impression that you don't have to spend any more money. Like I have the PS4. No, it's free. Yeah, so that's great. I, I love that free move over stuff, even if it's not as seamless as Xbox. The fact that stuff is free is always cool. Um, all right, so uh, oh, just on an aside about that free, like I remember my brother got Dragon Age Inquisition on PS3. Yeah, and it was like it, it, you know, it's a PS4 game. Really, it was a PS4 launch game. The PS3 Did it come version out on is, PS3. Yeah, it came out on PS3. And there's there's people that will talk about like I had a friend that worked on um Shadow of Mordor, uh the the uh you know, the game it was just a big game. Uh, Lord of the Rings Shadow of Mordor it was a big game earlier in the generation 2014. It came out on PS4. But there's also a PS3 version and an Xbox 360. That was the version he worked on. And again, it was like, he's like, it was horrific trying to get that game to run on a PS3. Dragon Age Inquisition, same deal. Horrific to get it running on a PS3. But my brother bought a PS4 and he had to buy a full new version of Dragon Age Inquisition. Like people, the game companies did not care at that point. Like if you bought you know, the old version of the game, you get a new console, you got to buy the new version, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that they're giving them away like candy is, is pretty awesome. So I, I appreciate that. Um, so you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Uh, again, that's tgistudios.com slash dad. All our previous episodes are there. Uh, tell your friends uh, if you're trying to get them into the show, which you really should. Uh, if you're a good friend, you you do that. You can email us uh, dad at tgistudios.com, D-A-D at tgistudios.com, uh, as Neil did, and we will read it on air and comment merrily about it. Also, if you want to hear more of something from us, less of something from us, we like feedback. Please, please uh, send it. Just no, you know, hate mail. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're too lovable. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Croft and Sears. Ryan is at R Murphy. The show itself is at D and D cast. And if you do that, follow at D and D cast, you will immediately be notified when a new episode goes live. Uh, and so that's going to do it for this week of uh, this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, Ryan, I wish you a, a good week. And I expect that when you host next time, you will do the house up very nicely for me. And uh, and uh, I bid adieu to our listeners. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ryan. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. I'm leaving Crofton's house now. It's virtual uh, house. Virtual Get house. Get out. Yes, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Do you need a D? Uh, uh, do you need a uh, virtual? Uh, yeah. Can uh, you driver? validate my parking?
no, uh, what is the designated driver? Do you need a, a DD? Because some of your comments on, on the show made me think you were very inebriated. So, <laughs> Really? Like specifically the, the whole call segment where I'm trying to explain what a visual podcast is? Like, Ryan, that's a TV show. You know that, yeah, right? That's a, yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's, it's got like pictures, <laughs> but also talking. It's like the podcast, except it's got pictures that move. It's like a waveform, you know? man. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I was watching the... Uh, the the vis the visual falcon in the winter soldier podcast the other day uh is great I had a big opening not <laughs> much like, talking really where can i re where can i listen to the where can i subscribe to this and i'm realizing no wait he's still making fun of me uh <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're listening i'm listening to it i'm like uh, the opening i'm like god there's not much talking it's all just like no, explosions whooshes and yeah whooshes <laughs> uh all, all right. right well we should all go to bed